<clears throat> hear ye, hear ye, the dishonorable widow Abigail will now speak. Attention all weirdos, losers, rednecks, white trash, aliens, outcasts, outliers, sluts, whores, gangsters, thugs, poors, and anyone else who the world and society don't care about. I have a podcast for you. Come join me at the Manic Pixie Weirdo where we talk about all the different kinds of relationships we have in our lives. From movies to math and suicide hotlines to sex. Join us every Saturday for a new episode featuring yours truly and other smarter folk. We need you and we want you with us. So come join us at the Manic Pixie Weirdo, where we accept, respect, and value you. Listen on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh yeah, be kind and stay weird. This podcast is a member of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts and content creators, visit bio.link slash red5. Welcome to this week's Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. We continue our journey this month on a trip to the unknown. Lights in the sky, alien abductions, Bigfoots, and monsters. But what are these tales of oddities? Are they stories of ancient man designed to entertain? Or is there a more profound explanation? Perhaps answers can be found on the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast as I join guests Kelly and Melanie. Join us as we dive into Ancient Aliens. What's up, everybody? Thanks again for stopping by and enjoying another Scare of Scuttlebutt podcast. This is Roa, your host. Shanti is on vacation, taking a little leave of absence for some R&R, as they say in the business. But with me here to man the Citadel, we've got Melanie. Melanie is back uh, last week. Um, Melanie, you helped me out with... Uh, with uh, the beginning of our odd oddities month, we're talking about UFOs and close encounters and all that stuff. And mm -hmm. I hope everybody listened to that episode. Melanie, how you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Fantastic. Fantastic. Thanks for joining me again. And um, from the depths of the Red 5 basement, <laughs> we've got um, <laughs> Kelly, Lunar Girl herself. Um, speaking of Lunars um how far away we're gonna see this episode we're recording on the ninth next week it'll be whatever but uh did you get a hold of that uh that beautiful beautiful uh moon above us oh my Just gosh yes yes blood moon? i i was up at 4 30 my time and i was outside with coffee at 4 35 in my oh bathroom my. very nice oh yes very nice. beautiful very nice. blood moon <laughs> Um, complete totality, and I believe I won't be able to see that like that again until 2025. So wow. mm -hmm. I needed to have my butt up. Maybe we'll get a Star Wars movie by then. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Hope springs eternal. Yeah. <laughs> One can dream. One can dream. But thank you, ladies, for joining me uh, on this episode. We are continuing our month-long series of episodes on UFOs and uh, I don't know, all sorts of wonderful, odd things. We, uh, Melanie, you and I, we were talking about the Loch Ness Monster and In mm -hmm. Search Of. So this 
week we are in search of ancient aliens. Maybe these geoglyphs were all part of some global memorial that was built by some unknown extraterrestrial culture that uh, has to do with uh, human origins and is telling the story of where we came from and possibly where we may be going. I'm, I'm going to start out with a, uh, with a quote from a series that, uh, let's see if anybody catches this. There are those who believe that life here began out there. Melanie, I, I see your wheels turning. Uh, yeah, I know that. You do. I know you do. How about you, Kel? I've heard it before, but which <laughs> show? <laughs> I have a junkyard of pop culture in my right? mind. Yeah. So there's mm. a lot of stuff in there. And um, the rest of it deals with uh, the Mayans and the Toltecs and the prophets of Cobalt. Come on, I'm giving you all these hints. Mm I'll just okay. Ready? I was told there would be no trivia. <laughs> no trivia. I no trivia. <laughs> the uh, original opening uh, monologue for Battlestar Galactica. Oh, there you yes. go. There you go. There are those who believe that life here began out there, far across the universe, with tribes of humans who may have been the forefathers of the Egyptians or the Toltecs, or the Mayans. Some believe that there may yet be brothers of man who even now fight to survive somewhere beyond the heavens. Which is interesting because, you know, we, we're talking about ancient aliens and um, there is a little bit of the ancient astronaut theory in Battlestar Galactica. And uh, which uh, which is uh, something we're definitely going to get into. But uh, Melanie has prepared some wonderful, amazing notes. And I know we uh, I am itching to get in there. Um, let's uh, let's start up, Melanie. OK, uh, well, we are definitely going to talk about ancient aliens. Mm -hmm. However, I'm going to preface this as a child of the 70s. With the fact that we were steeped. In the unexplained. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we talked Absolutely. about that last, last week. In turn, may explain a lot about Gen X. We had a lot to think about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A lot. So we not only had ancient aliens, we had Bigfoot, mm -hmm. the Loch Ness Monster, mm -hmm. the Bermuda Triangle. Yes. Mm -hmm. And UFO sightings. I mean, we had a lot going on. Yeah. What happened? To waiting with our parents in sure. line for gas. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Whatever yeah. happened to Bigfoot? Did they find him? Did he Not retire? No. Is he in Florida resting? <laughs> There's been some Bigfoot sightings about an hour north of me. Oh. Mm -hmm. Any uh, Anything newsworthy? Nothing that I've seen, but, yeah. you know, I try to keep an open mind. Maybe he might come to my house one of these days. You never know. Never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. But I will tell you, in, in doing the research for the show, I, I discovered that there is this through line of ancient alien theory in a lot of media from the late 60s to now. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely a part of pop culture now. 
even if you're not into it, you know about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think I was um, talking to somebody, I think it was Nick, uh, Backyard Tardis, or was it Andrew? He had mentioned, um, what's the movie that, uh, Stargate. Mm-hmm. Um, Stargate, you know, I mentioned Battlestar Galactica. And you're right, they're actually, you know, if, without knowing ancient astronaut theory, you know ancient astronaut theory. I mentioned, mm-hmm. I think, uh, was it last week, I mentioned um, uh, a little bit about Prometheus and how yes. um, Prometheus kind of has that, that that beginning where the alien kind of melts himself and his DNA gets mixed in with the with the you know the 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 ooze the primordial ooze of the planet and uh, yeah I I find that uh, interesting especially in the show Ancient Aliens because like you said I mean you, you know it and you don't know it but it's very fascinating and very memeable mm-hmm. oh. oh yeah <laughs> absolutely even if you don't know that guy you know that guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so. I'm not saying I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. <laughs> Classic Giorgio. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we can talk a little bit about what ancient alien theory is yes. for people who don't know, um, and that is a pseudoscientific hypothesis in which extraterrestrials visited Earth contacted human civilizations thousands of years ago. So this would be the Mayans, the Egyptians, the Incas. Uh, These ancient contacts supposedly influenced the development of culture, technology, religion, and biology. So what do we think about that? Is it possible that these people originally came from the Pleiades? And that's why they encoded the Pleiades in their monuments so many times. And then eventually they returned home. fascinating it's a lot it's a lot and um i think i mentioned it last last week um that uh what is easier to believe that aliens came down back in the day and gave us knowledge or mankind was kind of clever clever enough to kind of figure things out we didn't have social media there was no television there was we had a lot of time on our hands um Mm -hmm. and i think Mm -hmm. uh I think people forget that um, not we didn't have all this all these distractions. Um, I think I, sometimes I hearken the day where I can just sit somewhere and uh, and think and brood and and figure and try to figure out uh, the problems of of everyday life without uh, the distractions. But um, ancient aliens coming down uh, definitely um, is uh, more of a blockbuster type of. Uh, concept and idea than just having somebody think about answers what do you think Mm -hmm. i've tried to explain to my nieces before how quiet things used to be (laughs) yeah you know and you didn't have shows on tv that you really wanted to watch all the time you know after in search of went off after arc two do you remember arc two arc two no did you watch arc two no i didn't watch arc one (laughs) there was only arc two what was that you just had to go with it. Um, it was a Saturday morning show, sci-fi show, and this one had to do with animals. They had another one too that I can't remember the name of, but I watched all those shows and then In Search of came on. Once In Search of was over, then I was just waiting around for you know Soul Train. But there was a few hours between yeah. that that you had to ponder 
what you'd been given. And then a lot of times you would see these sort of movie of the week type of things um, that were based off things like Chariots of the Gods that you would watch in the afternoon. And then, you know, you'd have these things to think about. Yeah. Because you didn't have a lot of choice for what you were going to watch. Only three channels. Mm -hmm. UHF, but, if the signal was right. good. Yeah. So you mentioned Chariots of the God and I, Gods. Mm -hmm. And I know, um, you know, when I told Kelly about uh, doing the show, she was really excited. Um, Chariots of the Gods, um, it was a, uh, a book. And uh, let's talk a little bit about that because he's kind of like the uh, the father of the concept of uh, ancient aliens, mm -hmm. and um, there's so much there to uh, to unpack as well. Um, we'll uh, we'll ask um, Kelly what she mm -hmm. thought of the documentary. I haven't seen it in a while, and I know either. I've I know I've seen you know I see it every so often when I kind of scroll through and I'm wondering what to watch. Um, I know it's uh, it's a little on the older side, as Kelly was telling telling us earlier. But um, um, Melanie, tell tell me a little bit more about uh, Chariots of the Gods. Well, do you know what I really like? I like the German title of it, which is Memories of the Future. Oh wow! Yeah, Isn't it great. That definitely. Uh, they should have gone with that. They should. It's a much better title. I think it's a much better title anyway. Yeah. Um, but this is the book that purported to present evidence of the ancient alien theory that we were talking about. So he would suggest things in, in the book and the documentaries, I remember it because it's been a while since I've seen it, is very much in the tradition of ancient aliens. So if you watch that show, you'd be familiar with this because it's like, well, it could be this mm -hmm. or it could be that, that sort of thing. But he made a lot of connections between um, the Great Pyramids of Egypt, Stonehenge, Easter Island, which was another thing that was really big to mm -hmm. talk about. And we didn't, yeah. and they hadn't dug them up yet. So we didn't know there were bodies under the ground. You know, mm -hmm. they were full statues. We just thought they were these, you know, huge big heads, heads. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just heads, which is really, I mean, that's a little, I don't know. It was a little better just thinking they were heads in the ground. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I was a weird kid. Okay. It's a weird kid. I think we um, all were. You're weird kids. Although I will say, Chariots of the Gods will get you a seat on the bus by yourself. <laughs> it worked for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting with that kid. Too funny. It was true. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing that I really liked about um, the book, and this is the thing that I remember are the photographs in the book about the artwork that was in different cultures across the world that were very similar, that looked like astronauts or looked like mm -hmm. spaceships. I, that's the part I really remember. Mm -hmm. You have um, drawings of what looks like, you know, men in suits, uh, helmets, mm -hmm. antennas coming out of their heads. Um, and it's interesting, you know, when you really come down and think about it, um, on each continent, you've got, you know, uh, cave drawings of, of things that are very, very similar. Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, begs to, to the question, you know, how, are they drawing these things because they saw them or are they drawing them because, again, you know, their men are, you know, mankind is very imaginative and it's kind of like a collective, I don't know, it's it's a weird collective consciousness, consciousness sort of thing or, or you know, 
what's what's going on there? Um, Kelly, you just recently saw Chariots of the Gods. What are some of the what are some of the things that you uh, remember? And ha- was it your first time? It's the first time I ever watched it. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it is fifty years old, and it was a documentary. So. It's a little bit outdated when they're showing the um, archaeology sites of digs that are happening in 1973. In 2022, those sites are all completely cleared right now. So it's a little outdated. However, the questions that Eric Von Daniken was asking, those open-ended questions, he doesn't come right out and say... It was aliens, but he asks an open-ended question. It gets you thinking. Um, he made a lot of comparisons um, between, like Melanie said, the the Mayans, the Incas, the Aztecs, um, Japanese, um, the Hindu religion, um, the Egyptians, Puma Punku. You know, all of these sites have things that cannot be explained. Um, A lot of them have similar objects or statues or carvings or paintings of people with bulbous heads that look like they could be wearing spacesuits. Very interesting. It still, I think it's still interesting 50 years later, if you could just get past the outdated footage that they were showing. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And Melanie, you have in your notes regarding the um, the depictions of helicopters in ancient Egyptian hieroglyphs, which mm-hmm. uh, to me is uh, you know it's there's this thing where where scientists say that when we look at things, we kind of assign like almost faces to them, or um, we assign things that look familiar to us. And you know, I'm looking at. Um, one of the pictograms and it really does look like, you know, the side view of a helicopter. Mm-hmm. And, and again, it's like, what, what is it? You know, obviously there were no helicopters in ancient Egypt or were they? It's uh yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. You know, the, uh, we were talking about the, the statues at uh, Easter Island once they uh, dug the the rest of the bodies up, um, they were very similar to. There were some full figured um, figures in uh, in Central America um, or the uh, northern region of South America. The Toltecs had similar statues that um, you know. My brother was showing me a couple of pictures that uh, it almost looked like they had uh, like. Um, what do you call it? Uh, gun belts on them with a weapon on the side, which uh, again, for a Toltec, um, that was, uh, you know, a couple of hundred years before uh, firearms were introduced to that society. So it's, uh, it's interesting. Um, alien helmets uh, in caves and um, drawings like that is, uh, is really wild. It's really out there. But it's so interesting. Yes. To think there's more to it than just that the civilization was advanced. Right. Because I know you think of the Egyptians being advanced. Yeah. In their tools and things, but it's just, I don't know. It would just be so cool if it was, you know, if it was aliens. Yeah. 
There's so much that can't be explained, though. I mean, you're talking about pictures of helicopters. Helicopters did not exist 2,000, 5,000, 10,000 years ago. But here's these pictures or carvings. Um, And then there's things like uh, like the Nazca lines drawn Mm -hmm. into the earth, you know, and there's similar things in the United States and over in Asia where nobody can see these things unless you're flying overhead. And why would they have done this thousands of years ago when we didn't have the technology to fly at that point in time, you know, like how clearly, no, clearly wasn't for them to see. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think, you know, a, a big part of me is, um, is skeptical, obviously, because it's just to a certain degree, it just doesn't make sense. Like you said, you know, they, 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 they did this, but why did they do it? You know, I, one of the things that we have to remember too, that, um, there were some very, um, you know, these societies counted on math and science um, a lot. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the fact that the Nazca lines exist, um, I think if you really think about it, it's it's not a um, it's not rocket science that they do exist. I think, you know, if you can draw something on a piece of paper and um, and use the same proportions, but bigger. Um, you are able to kind of figure out how to draw a giant monkey on the side of a mountain if you're using, you know, coordinates and math and, and, and lines and stuff like that. But it is interesting because, you know, like you said, you know, some even in the Nazca lines, there are mountaintops that are like, you know, it looks like they've been flattened. Mm-hmm. Um, to make room for kind of like a runway, a modern runway that uh, also lends to more ideas that perhaps it was a runway and you can't see these things from, uh, from the ground. Uh, these are things that are seen from, from up above. Mm-hmm. And, um, and if somebody made them for somebody to look from up above, then they had to land somewhere. And right. uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I even looked up the poster for the movie and the poster is wild. <laughs> I think I remember, yeah. It had, oh gosh, it had, and we thought the Star Wars ones were full. <laughs> this had Easter Island statues, an Apollo mm-hmm. rocket, Egyptian pyramids, the Sphinx, a humanoid riding in a cross section <laughs> flying machine, and the book. Oh my God, yeah, I see it. It's on your way out by the book. That's amazing. Why wouldn't you want to go? Mm-hmm. And it got nominated for Academy Award. Yeah, Good. best documentary. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What year was that? Nineteen seventy-three. Three. Yeah. yeah. And it made a ton of money. It made twenty-five point nine million dollars. Wow. Which, if we adjust for inflation, is one hundred ninety-one million five hundred thirty-seven thousand seven hundred fourteen dollars, which any documentary would love to do. Yeah, that's not bad. That's the mind blowing. The yeah. closest one I could find that made that much money was March of the Penguins. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So it was that popular. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I have never heard of this until I started watching Ancient Aliens. And really? really yeah, no, I, I I didn't hear of it. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I watched In Search of and all that stuff, but mm -hmm. the um this particular concept I was not aware of until Ancient Aliens. Then I did some right. backtracking and research and I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then they put them on television, which is where I watched it, because I saw the television version of it before I saw the movie. Mm, okay. Because the television version was narrated by Rod Serling. Oh. And it was called In Search of Ancient Astronauts. Mm -hmm. And that was 1974-ish. And trying that's to, the one I remember. Trying to capitalize on mm -hmm. Leonard's show? Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All and, in the same and, era. And the popularity of the Chariots of the Gods and mm -hmm. all of Von Daniken's books. Yeah. yeah. Because he was sort of a publishing machine for a while. We still do not know why they left their cities. Because of a sudden, they disappeared. And it was not a war. Because you find no traces of a war. No traces of destruction. They left. We don't know why and where they have gone. This one was really good. It's about an hour long. You can still see this one on YouTube. Actually, all th it was a trilogy. And as of right now, all three parts are available to watch on YouTube. Because they had um, In Search of Ancient Astronauts, that was the first one. In Search of Ancient Mysteries, that was the sequel. And then the final part was The Outer Space Connection. Nice. And they were all done within a couple of years of each other. And... Um, they're it, they're pretty much they pretty much follow the the chariots of the gods documentary it's it covers a lot of the same territory it just does it in a shorter you know easier to digest version i suppose and plus it had rod serling so there's going to be some attraction there oh yeah right All right yeah because mm -hmm. he's just oh, he's so great yeah. but um the final documentary that was interesting it was one of the last projects that rod serling worked on before he died and it was actually sort of a springboard to in search of, and he was actually the first choice to host it. Hmm. And then he passed away, and that, of course, that couldn't happen. Yeah. But we got Leonard Nimoy. Absolutely. We did. In mm -hmm. a turtle, in a turtleneck. In a turtleneck and a jacket. <laughs> and you know, when I went when I went to watch them, I watched the credits, and it said wardrobe Sandy Nimoy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I love that. Does your wife rescue you, Spock? Because usually, you know, it's Botany 500 or, you know, whoever uh, yeah. back in the day. But this was Sandy Nimoy. Aww. That's funny. But he was well turned out. I got to give her credit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He looked good. Yeah. You know, and for the 70s, it doesn't, he doesn't look totally dated. You know, no. I mean, the haircut and the mustache and stuff. Sure. But clothes don't look bad. That's too funny. Style has held up. I need Sandy. to go and binge that series. Yes. I've seen I've seen a lot of them here and there, but I've never sat down and watched it from the beginning to the end. Yeah, there's some uh, really varied topics on there. You know, obviously, you know, Easter Island, the Loch Ness mm -hmm. Monster. That was like, I think that was the very first one that I watched, the Loch Ness Monster, which really got me 
uh, intrigued and and interested in in all those creepy things, you know, like UFOs and mm-hmm. and Bigfoot and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, they have uh, witchcraft and black magic, missing mm-hmm. persons. Amelia I mean, Earhart. It was, right. It, I mean, it was really um, the uh, the original Unsolved Mysteries with Robert yeah. Stack. I mean, it was definitely you know in that caliber. Um, mm-hmm. Which I those that's another show that I absolutely love. Let me ask you guys this: what um, what aspect of either in search of or ancient aliens, um, that whole concept, what are some of your favorite ones that you're, you know, that like, they're so crazy, but they're so fun to kind of like, think about what do you guys think? One aspect of. I'll go while Melanie's thinking. (laughs) Um, Ro, you asked this, uh, last week on Twitter and, I my favorite is the Antarctica theory where mm. aliens are here they are on earth they're actually living in this world underneath Antarctica where there is like a a cave entrance where military have seen unexplained ships flying in and out of um it looks like there may be pyramids uh encased in the ice um where their dimensions are perfect absolutely perfect their measurements are exact um there you know it has the north south east and west points on it um but it's underneath hundreds thousands of years of ice but so um they really think that there are aliens living in a whole world underneath antarctica where it's nice and warm and lush and there are no fly zones in antarctica as well and there have been um you know anonymous military people who have spent time down there and uh they were told you saw nothing (laughs) do you you know nothing about this so there is a hush hush thing going on so could it really be is that where they are we don't know perhaps answers can be found Mm -hmm. right here with Melanie's next. Well, answer. one of my one of my favorite things is the Bermuda Triangle, yes. which no one seems to disappear in anymore. Mm-hmm. I know, right? What happened to that? It, it felt like when I was growing up, it was like every other week there was some plane that almost got pulled into it, or you know, people mm-hmm. were making these weird routes to get everywhere to avoid it. And then there was the theory that it was Atlantis that was pulling people under because of mm-hmm. the the magnets and yeah that there was like a crystal weapon or something yes. underneath and yeah it's a whole that. underwater world mm-hmm. yeah that yeah. you would think that jacques cousteau who was also sailing the ocean blue in the 1970s would know something about but he never <laughs> never offered anything or is it a portal a door to a wormhole that we know nothing about interdimensional yeah. mm-hmm Mm-hmm. But then when I saw Close Encounters, I thought, well, they solved that. It was just an alien thing, and they'll bring him back eventually. Right. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Oh, <laughs> that's that too late. Uh, I should have said late. it before that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, if you, I, we gave you a whole week. Yeah. yeah. Totally, totally. Yeah. And you know what? While I was editing the uh, episode from last week, I, you know, I was grabbing some clips, 
And I'm like, why hasn't uh, anyone done a sequel to Close Encounters of the Third Kind and to find out uh, where Roy went? Didn't he go into the ship? He, he did go into the ship. And he said goodbye. And He said goodbye. Pew. Some things hmm. just don't need a sequel, though, Ro. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get it. I'm kind of glad it. they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, then you can really. think about what where he went. But, yeah. Mm-hmm. All that, yeah. I mean, maybe I can get uh, I, I can get a social media campaign going to uh, to have Michael Bay direct a sequel to. Close or what happened? What happened to Barry? How did he process all that? <laughs> right, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Although he seemed perfectly fine with it in the movie. <laughs> like awesome, it was a big adventure. He didn't mind. <laughs> You guys, um, uh, you guys mentioned portals, and um, one of the one of the cool things that I like to think of is um, regarding ancient astronaut theory. Is you know we 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 find um, some new stories that uh, you know people have discovered you know buildings in the jungle in Central America, and then they you know the science comes in and um, reveals that uh, these are ancient temples from the Mayan and the Aztec, um, you know, uh, civilization, but uh, the people are gone. Um, and I, you know, again, you guys are mentioning portals and I, I, I um, there's no evidence of where the people um, have gone, even in, I think in, was it New Mexico, the Pueblo, some of the Pueblo Indians, the civilization that made um, their, their, homes in their city uh, off of the side of a mm-hmm. cliff mm-hmm. yeah um, i forgot what they were called but um where did they go and it just seems like um it seems like they just picked up and, and left Tikal national park guatemala here deep in the northern jungles of south america lie the ruins of one of the largest cities of the classic maya starting around 800 a.d their sacred sites were abandoned One after the other, Palenque, Copan, Naranjo, and then finally, Tikal. All right, friends, time to say thank you and acknowledge all the wonderful souls that help keep the lights on over here at the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast. Team Scarif gives you all a heartfelt thanks. We're super lucky to have you. Big thanks to our executor tier patrons, Backyard Tardis, Nick Schaefer, a huge supporter of the Red 5 Network. Go support his channel and catch up on his adventures in locksmithing. Scott and Kim from the Used and Abused Podcast, another Red 5 pod. Look for them on all the socials. Can't forget our other patrons, Rogue One Radio. Thank you, DJ. Steve and Nicole and check out comics and cosmetics Danny's got some lovely takes on comics and uh, cosmetics go subscribe to her show our Miami pal the Frank what's up Frank and Joey Rosales longtime supporter of the scuttlebutt thank you kind sir massive shout out to my co-host and mistress of the dark Chantel of Scarif After Dark and the ever so wonderful Belinda thank you so much and I'm glad you're on this list Big thanks to our other friends, Alex and Jay, and our resident classic Hollywood expert, one of our favorite collaborators, Melanie Marquita. Big hugs to you, my friend. Huge respect to all our patrons. And if you want to help us keep the lights on over here and enjoy the show, head on over to patreon.com slash scuttlebutt. Remember, we can't have the scuttle without the butt. It's always sunny on Scarif with patrons like you. Those Mayans... 
didn't leave because of drought. They left because it was some kind of harvest. It was an experiment. The Mayans reached some place and somebody took them from here. It was the end of a calendar cycle and the beginning of another calendar cycle that means a lot to some intelligence out there. Wouldn't it be great if that explained like, like the lost colony? Right. Yeah. That was a big one because I grew up like an hour from there. So we used to go down there and play on Roanoke Island. And I was sure I was going to figure it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went there. And and I also was hoping like, okay, just let me think. (laughs) I'm going to find something on the Mm -hmm. beach. Yeah, nothing. I found nothing. (laughs) Beautiful Spanish moss hanging from the trees, but that's about it. And when I was growing up, there was actually shipwrecks there you could play in. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's cool. That was a big deal. Yeah. And I, 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 but I knew I was going to solve it. I knew it. Never happened. Yeah. Never happened. Well, it's still early. It's true. Yeah, I still have back. time. A, a scare of scuttlebutt. Uh, field trip. Field trip. Yeah. But uh, talking about the 13th, uh, what did you say? The 13th colony? Um, lost colony. The lost, lost colony. colony. And I'm thinking of Balstar, I'm thinking of Balstar Galactica. Mm-hmm. Where the um, the lost thirteenth tribe of of humanity, yes, um, came back to Earth, um, but they had to leave Earth um, at some point. And uh, this is again, this is where we get into a little bit of uh, ancient astronaut theory. Mm-hmm. And Battlestar Galactica is, is uh, another one of my favorite uh, sci-fi franchise franchises. Battlestar Galactica, I always do kind of a rewatch every few uh, months or maybe uh, once a year. Um, but that's another one that uh, obviously they borrowed a lot from the Egyptians to uh, create their mm-hmm. their sci-fi lore. And I absolutely mm-hmm. love it. I the love look ancient... the helmets and everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The sarcophagus, the, the helmets, the um, uh, colonial vipers. Um, I love it. Uh, this, you know, the medallions on... Uh, the um the council of the 12 mm-hmm. yes um all really cool stuff i love that show clearly i couldn't remember the uh intro but i did love that show <laughs> <laughs> i did love it i'll let you pass i'll let you have, pass on that one still have my wonder bread cards that's got to give me something <laughs> I honestly have not seen it in about 35 years or so. It's definitely a show I need to revisit. It's on my list, but I used to. You know what I remember? I remember the scene from it where they were watching film of where they were going. And I can't remember if this may have been, this may have been Galactica 1980, Mm -hmm. but they were watching video of the freeway traffic and talking about how great the formation was. (laughs) How could they get that close? <laughs> it I must think that be was years. Yeah, I think that was Galactica 1980, which but, we, we don't we don't talk about. No, mm-hmm. but I do love <laughs> that clip. Just stuck with me my whole life. Do you want to talk? Do you want to jump? Do you want to do a time jump? Let's do it. Okay, so let's talk about the 90s because there was a big resurgence in the 90s. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. yes. 
but it started with sightings. Do you remember sightings? I do yes. remember sightings. I watched sightings every week. Yeah. I watched it. I loved it. I loved sightings. I love sightings. 1991. It's hard to believe it was that long ago already. Oh, I feel doesn't feel like it's that long ago. It's just yesteryear. I loved it, but I remember the I remember watching the UFO report, Mm -hmm. which was the kickoff of Mm -hmm. sightings because it had UFO in it. I'm watching it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) Um, but I loved that because then then it sort of it morphed into sort of an you know a contemporary in search of because it was you know cryptozoology and ghosts mm-hmm. and alien abductions and all that weird stuff I loved. I love all of that stuff right. still. Mm-hmm. I loved that. Oh, and by the I way, that's the was... word. That's the yeah. word that I was trying to think of last episode: cryptozoology. cryptozoology. <laughs> <laughs> like, I think that? it was sightings that. Um, first, I, the first time I ever heard about the men in black, you know, uh, before yeah. there was that movie, you know, they talked all about the men in black. And if you saw something, these men are going to be dressed fully in black, driving black cars, and they're going to show up at your house and zap your mind, or we're mm-hmm. never going to hear from you again. Albert K. Bender the nation's top UFO investigator, receives a threatening visit that will bring his research to an abrupt and premature halt. Albert K. Bender founded the International Flying Saucer Bureau. This was during the big UFO flap of 1952 when flying saucers were witnessed over Washington, D.C. and many other areas around the world. However, just a year later, he suddenly ended the International Flying Saucer Bureau, and people wondered why. And what happened was that he came home one night, went into his bedroom, and suddenly these three dark, shadowy figures materialized through his wall into his bedroom. They were wearing the hats and the overcoats. They had glowing eyes, and they smelled like sulfur. I lived out in the country on a dirt road with no streetlights, you know, streetlights did not exist where I lived. You know, we'd see weird things up in the sky. You know, some of them, now that I'm older, were probably satellites, but some of them would go like up, make a right turn, and it'd be like, well, that was weird. And you never said anything because you did not want the men in black to find out that you just saw that, so. And they'd know you knew. They'd know, they'd know, so. Yeah, I remember that was actually one of the weird things that terrified me was knowing that the men in black exist, but you're not supposed to know. Right. <laughs> they were scarier than the aliens. Right? <laughs> totally. Absolutely. True. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then the biggie, the biggie is the X-Files. Oh, yes. <sighs> Yeah, you know, the shows before that laid the groundwork. We were talking about, last episode, last episode we were talking about uh, Dark Skies. And what was that other show, UFO Report? Project UFO. Project UFO. Mm-hmm. Um, all those shows laid the groundwork um, for the X-Files. And the X-Files, yeah. you know, really, you know, took it and run, ran with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really, I mean, I mean, we were primed for it, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really. 
Absolutely. Because, because we knew a lot of, you know, the mythology that they were building, we were already familiar with. So you could buy into it right from the jump. Mm -hmm. Yeah. X-Files really solidified the lore too of, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the alien abductions and, and all the weird stuff. And I, you know, I, I know it was uh, from time to time, it turned into kind of like an anthology and stopped following the, the overall arc. Mm -hmm. um, of the story, um, between the, the two characters and the, you know, Mulder looking for his sister and mm -hmm. alien abductions, but it really kind of, uh, morphed into the best of both worlds when it came to, sorry, <laughs> to Harry Potter <laughs> medicine alarm. <laughs> sorry. Wow. That was loud. Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> But um, absolutely, you know, we used to have X-Files um, parties at my house uh, when mm -hmm. the show first aired. I would invite people over and order pizzas and, and just watch episodes of X-Files. It was uh, it was the before the days of Discord. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, you could just talk about it. But yeah. they had such great characters. I mean, I love the lone gunman. Yes. Yeah. And. I, and I liked the uh, I liked the the conspiracy layer on it because that was just mm -hmm. fun. Yeah. And the talking about men man. in black, the smoking man. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. Cigarette smoking man. He was oh, he was scary. Yeah. But I did like that. But they also brought in the um the sort of hybrid alien human thing with right. and the DNA and you know I mean mm -hmm. it was just it was a labyrinth of um you know they it was. I mean, they'd uncover one thing, it would lead to the next thing, to the next thing, sure. to the next thing. But it was so well done. Mm -hmm. Chris, uh, and, Chris Carter. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed that one. And I'm really hoping that they uh, they would re uh, reignite the uh, the want of the fans to to have another movie. I know the last mm -hmm. one didn't do as well, um, but I think it's time. And mm -hmm. I think it could now. I mean, and they yeah. have so many other venues now; they could just do streaming if they wanted to. Yeah. Or true. do a hybrid like a lot of movies do. Yeah. Um, but in the middle of the sort of resurgence and the whole X-Files thing, mm -hmm. alien autopsy, factor oh, yes. fiction. <laughs> oh, with yes. Commander Riker. Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, if I'm being honest, the only reason I really, really wanted to watch it. <laughs> I like the uh, the uh, the alien the supposedly uh, footage that was found of the mm -hmm. actual autopsy. Yeah, um, done uh, done pretty pretty good. Mm -hmm. I think it uh, you know what is that sixteen millimeter frame you have there and um, yeah it's fascinating stuff. And according to Time Magazine, it was the liveliest debate of any home movie since the Zapruder film. <laughs> oh my God! Wow. <laughs> We'll see what Brad has to say about that when he listens right, to the episode back. later. Yeah, exactly. He'll have something to say about that. Yep. I'm mm -hmm. sure he will. Mm -hmm. um, but then in 2006, he claimed that it was actually, it wasn't the actual footage because the footage was too damaged, mm. even though it was real. Mm -hmm. But he did a frame by frame reenactment of it. Yeah. Wow. A reenactment. Mm. Yeah. Of the actual true footage mm -hmm. in some ways i mean this is like the precursor to all the found footage movies too yeah absolutely mm -hmm. yeah. you think about it 
because I watched a couple of clips of it and I was like, wow, this is a little bit Blair Witch. Yeah. <laughs> right? right. <laughs> zooming in and zooming out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But that was a lot of fun. I love that stuff in the 90s. So, like, mm-hmm. I, I've always been the nerd where you don't know the answer. You cannot get the answer. There is no answer to this on this planet. And it just made you think. And I loved those shows. I probably watched Alien. I I had a VCR and I taped it and I watched it over and over and over again back then. Do you remember the X-Files spinoff? Millennium? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that lasted uh, two seasons. Yep. And uh, I went we... to the premiere at a movie theater. Oh, nice. And I won a Millennium sweatshirt in oh, a trivia very contest. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. See, you're good at trivia. <laughs> Sometimes. Just not Battlestar well, Galactica trivia. To be honest, it was it was a lame question. What are one of the taglines for the X-Files? Oh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The truth uh, is out there. Yeah. Trust Trust no one. <laughs> I just shouted it louder than anybody else. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) You will hear me. I will win that picture. Give it to her. Yeah. They were like, shut her up. Give her something. Give it to her. Yeah, the 90s. What a time. What a time. It was so great. Um, Let's see. What else was I going to talk about? Oh, I was going to talk about Prometheus, which we talked about a little bit. Um, but the part that you were talking about with the sort of, I don't know, how would you describe a humanoid? Yeah. Alien. That's the part I remember about the movie the most. Yeah. That and, um, what was the, oh shoot. What was his name? The The alien? The android. What was the android's name? Oh. I remember him being by himself a lot. Yeah. It's funny. The I reason that we remember the, uh, the, the beginning there, because it was so intriguing. And I think, uh, you know, like you said, you know, we already had the ancient alien stuff in our minds that we, we kind of understood what was going on, but I think the rest of the movie was just like a little bit of a departure. It, it uh, dealt too much with the corporation kind of mm-hmm. getting out to space and all that stuff. And I was a little disappointed because I thought the whole movie was going to be about the first part. Right. Thought, oh, we're going to know everything now. Yeah. And it, <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh, it's yeah. about business. Yeah, to- totally. <laughs> Trade routes. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Oh. Don't hate me, prequel people. <laughs> I went. I went at midnight. It's okay. Totally. Oh, my goodness. The last thing. I may have saved the best for last. Ancient Aliens. Love this show. Love it, love it, love it. And it's not, do you watch it? How often do you watch it? Right. Yeah. Is that a real question? Yeah. (laughs) I was talking, we were talking about, it's a comfort watch, no? Yes, absolutely. It's the show right now that I fall asleep to. Um, When about, let's see, it was eh, 2020. June of 2020, we decided we're done with cable. The one show that I was like, oh, what about my ancient aliens? <laughs> <Not> same here. 
Yeah. Uh, Thank God for Hulu. Same here. Mm-hmm. Thank God for Hulu. <sighs> but yeah, I how watch funny, almost every single day. How funny was it when they changed Aliens from the Sci-Fi Channel to the History Channel? <laughs> Just to give okay. it a little bit more. I remember that the history. Blew my um, mind. The history people were like, "Why is this show on the History Channel?" <laughs> and the ancient alien people were like, "We're legit now." <laughs> exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, the thing that I kept thinking was, if there's no such things as aliens and ancient aliens is there and people are watching it and it's on the history channel, then maybe the aliens are real. And this is like the Illuminati's way of having humankind get used to the idea of aliens before they make themselves known. Like head cannons all over the place like <laughs> totally i'm Absolutely. a weird kid <laughs> before the astronauts start spilling it about everything they've seen waterford virginia 2017 cydonia institute researcher george haas is combing through satellite images of mars when he spies a discernible shape it appears to be the image of another face unlike the original so-called face on Mars, discovered in 1976. This face appears in profile. You know who's really good for that? Um, Buzz Aldrin is really great at talking. I absolutely love him. He's like one of my nerd heroes. He will talk about things that he's seen. Mm -hmm. Weird stuff. And he's not afraid to talk about it. No. And I love all that stuff about Mm -hmm. things that might or might not be structures on the moon. I love that stuff. I love it. I I love everything about it. Everything about it. And then I'm such a nerd. I'm like, come on, we got to get Artemis off the ground already. (laughs) (laughs) Get to the moon. And it got postponed again. Yeah, it did. Can we just stop having hurricane season? Yeah. (laughs) It's the uh, it's the cigarette smoking man in the background. Yeah, seriously. With With a plug. Somebody yeah, want us on the moon. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be like that, you know. <sighs> I do have my name on a little microchip in Artemis, by the way, ready to go to the moon because I do that with NASA every single big oh, I do too. launch that they have. So yeah, I, my name's gonna you be say, on the ship. And do you save all your boarding, boarding passes? Pass. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> print them out and put them in my fireproof safe in the hope that someday I have grandchildren who have grandchildren and then they could like say oh look what your great 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 grandmother did and I'd be like yeah (sighs) one of them might be a nerd so you never know (laughs) so um, let me ask you guys this one final question why do we like all this weird stuff it is just way out there UFOs abductions Bigfoot Loch Ness What's going on? I can't it's a that. generational thing though. It's definitely a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to think it's because as a nerd, I'm expected to know the answer to everything. As a mom, I need to have the answer to everything. And watching ancient aliens, nobody knows any of those answers. And you can think whatever you want it's fun it's no pressure because there's not really a definitive yet right 
yeah definitive answer yeah and it's just kind of fun to uh you know the one of the reasons i really enjoy sci-fi as a genre is it kind of like frees your mind to think outside mm -hmm. the box yeah and i think this definitely you know presents uh questions that allows you to just go out there and and throw mm -hmm. Uh, you know, everything at the wall to see what sticks uh, in mm -hmm. your own mind, in your own head cannon. And um, that is probably why, uh, you know, us nerds like to ponder those things. Yeah, absolutely. Well, like Carl Sagan said, we are made of star stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We are all part of the same universe. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it's so it's a unifying thing, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very yeah. human thing. Mm -hmm. It's such a large universe, but uh, we are down here experiencing life uh, in such a way that, uh, you know, we do have shared experiences. Mm -hmm. Although, you know, we're just. Uh, we're just ants know. in an ant farm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome, awesome stuff. Great discussion, guys. Yeah, it was fun. In this small farming town on the outskirts of Los Angeles, 17-year-old Linda Porter awakens to find herself aboard a strange craft. From what she is able to recall later under hypnosis, a small creature that appeared to be a gray alien led her towards a light-filled room where she encountered another type of being, one much taller and with the features of a praying mantis. I have got to get a hold of Robert Clotworthy so he can do a narration for us. I'll pay. That would be so great. Damn it. That would be cool. All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we had such a wonderful discussion about ancient aliens. What a wild concept, huh? I love it. Thank you for having me. Kelly, thank you for joining uh, Melanie and myself. Uh, this is the uh, the second episode of this month's series of episodes on oddities and weird things. I love it. Where can people find you to say hello? Well, you can find me on uh, Friday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern at Stranger Things Has Happened. Um, also, uh, Twitter. I do... Um, the sidebar cantina so at sidebar cantina if you need to reach me i'm almost always on that site also on instagram um if you need to get a hold of stranger things has happened i will be checking that once in a while if you want me personally on lunar girl i might check that once a week so i apologize yeah, absolutely we uh, we can always find a way to get a hold of you, Kelly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you you and, uh, asked where she was. You asked the wrong question. Where isn't she? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And Sometimes Melanie, how I'm about even you? On Red Five. Sometimes I'm even on the escape pod. You never yeah. know. You're everywhere. everywhere. Melanie, right. what about you? I'm on Twitter at Melanie Marquita most of the time. Most of the time. <laughs> I have an Instagram cool I things. ignore. Are we ready? We are ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right. So, you know, we're delving into these questions, big questions, right? Of big questions. Pondering the universe. Mm -hmm. And we're going to do it for a whole month. Absolutely. But do we know if ancient alien theory is real? Perhaps. Uh, 
more evidence can be found on the Scarif Scuttlebutt podcast. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>